morning, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us in less than 30 minutes. The painting portrays police officers as pigs. It is hanging in Capitol Hill. We will discuss, and at 1130 this morning, Pop Culture Corner, one of the most uh, very popular segment from the afternoon show. We, we bring it back. We do it Thursday mornings at 1130. We used to do it on a Friday. We do it Thursday mornings because Friday at 1130, we have our brand new pundit panel getting lots of good feedback on that as well so that's the coming up in just a little bit one of the questions we have been getting quite frequently over the course of the last week or so is are you going to be podcasting the show i know a number of people you, you, you want to listen to the program but again sometimes you can't hear the whole thing and the answer is, is yes we are now posting podcasts of the Wagner program, you can go to WTMJ.com, click on the shows page, and if you go to Jeff Wagner, they are all listed there. You can also subscribe to them, so whenever new things are posted, they will be automatically downloaded. So the answer is yes. Um, Again, I'm sort of telling tales a little bit out of school, but we've got this very exciting podcast initiative that I know the powers that be are are working on, and the, the podcast of my show is going to be one of the centerpieces of it, but still, there's a lot of other stuff to come. So keep listening with regard to podcasting. We've got a lot of exciting stuff going on. But yes, in response to popular demand, uh, you can listen and subscribe to the podcasts of the program. Uh, My producer, Hondo, reminds me yesterday's program is now up. We are not podcasting the second hour, the 10 a.m. hour, simply because we we spent most of the time covering the, the Trump news conference. So there's no need to, to replicate that. If you want to hear the Trump News Conference, there's all sorts of other places you can get it. But we, we have now podcasted. We are podcasting, and yesterday's show, the first and the third hours are, in fact, up. All right. We have now reached the point where it is Barack of eight days. A week from tomorrow, Donald Trump stops being the president-elect and becomes the president of the United States. So these are the final days of the Obama administration. Um, Barack Obama is definitely trying to go out with a bang, not a whimper. He is issuing commutations and pardons at a near record, if not a record pace. He appears to be you know, caucusing with some of his allies on Capitol Hill in an effort to try to pass rules and regulations in order to do everything possible to make it difficult for Donald Trump to try to undo a number of things that Obama has done. Part of the Part of the way Obama governed, and you will remember the famous statement where he says, well, okay, if Congress isn't going to come along with me, I've got a telephone and I've got a pen and I can do these types of things. And so he's tried to accomplish a number of stuff, things by bypassing Congress and implementing rules through, you know, his executive powers. In many cases, I think it's been pretty clear that it's been an overreach, but even so, when one president implements rules, that means another president could probably change those rules. Now, sometimes you have to jump jump through a lot of hoops, but it's very clear that in an effort to try to maintain his legacy, Barack Obama is doing everything he can to try to make it difficult for the things he's done to be unraveled. But I thought this would be an interesting time. Two days ago, Barack Obama gives the gives his central essentially his goodbye speech in, in Chicago, where he talks about he, he talks about not only the past but also the future. And this is causing you know a, a number of people to reflect on the course of the last eight years. 
I want to use this as an opportunity to do exactly that. Eight days left in the Obama presidency. Our numbers are 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. Here is my question to you. Has the Obama presidency been a success or a failure? And you can define success or failure in any way you want. Are things better off now than they were eight years ago? Is the country more together? Um, Is our standing in the world improved? Have a number of the initiatives been successful? Have they been failures? Has the Obama presidency been a success or a failure? And, and by the way, if you know, you, you might say, hey, it's, it's been a failure, but it's not because of Obama. It's because he had to deal with a Republican Congress who couldn't give him what he wanted. Success or failure, how will the Obama presidency be viewed objectively? 414-799-1620 is the number we discuss in two minutes. If you're on the line, please hold on. It's 1014. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. It's 1016, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Eight days from now, Donald Trump goes from being president-elect to president. We are now in the last eight days of the Obama administration. He sort of gave his swan song speech two nights ago. Has the Obama administration, has the last eight years, has the presidency been a success or a failure? However you want to define it. 414-799-1620 is the number. Charlie and Hartland. Charlie, you're first. Good morning. Hi, Jeff, frequent caller, and this is the one time I've called where I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, what you're telling me is I'm going to have trouble keeping you on point. Okay, go ahead. Um, you're going to have trouble me, trouble. You're not going to have trouble me keeping me on the line, that's for sure. <laughs> um, number one, 11, tr- 11 more million people on food stamps. Black-on-black crime has gone through the roof. I believe this president has fanned the flames of racism when he could have used this pulpit to say, listen, personal responsibility. If I can do it, you can do it. Uh, you know, right. he could have been more endearing and been more productive to the blacks as using his situation as an example. Uh, Syria, our, 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 the world has, 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 took, has took note uh, several years ago when he said he was going to uh, go after Assad when he crossed the red line with, when he gassed his own people and he did nothing. Everybody sat back and said, this guy is all talk. He's not going to do anything. And so, therefore, the world has become... ISIS. They can go on and on and on. His you believe the world is a much more dangerous place now than when he took over eight billion, years ago? We spend billions of dollars in intelligence over the Middle East, and for this president to say a year and a half ago that ISIS is a JV team, what in the world is going on with this guy? In my opinion, uh, it, it. I mean, domestically, foreign policy wise, economic, he spent nine point three trillion dollars, and what does he have to show for it? more than any president's combined, combined together over the, over the history of the United States. And then he, he got the audacity to go on there and start talking about all the good things he's done. It's unbelievable that he thinks, and all of his other people who are drinking the Kool-Aid are thinking that this president has done much in the way of productivity for our country. Thanks for the call. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. Is the Obama presidency going to be viewed as a success or a failure? Vincent in Milwaukee. Vincent, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. That sounds unusual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I, I'm getting used to the mornings now. I'm, I'm getting used to it, and it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And a lot of the, glad to have so many of our regular listeners from the afternoon who are following us in the morning, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, well, I think all you have to look at is, is, is where the country was seven years, seven, seven and a half years ago. The fact is the financial markets were in, 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 a, in a free fall. 
Uh, people were losing their homes, 40 going north. Uh, the fact is, is that the auto companies were, were, were basically uh, uh, talking about that they were, they were going to close. Now, now the fact is, is that uh, they're, they're, they're selling cars at, at, record, at a record pace. The economy, uh, the unemployment rate is low. The fact is, is that the stock market is is, is teetering on reaching a, a record high. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the fact is that the economy, uh, in 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 all measures, is booming. And, and so, uh, I, I think uh, uh, when you look where we've come from uh, uh, and where we are, I think uh, it, it's been a success. The fact is, Osama bin Laden is gone. The fact is, we were in two wars in, in Afghanistan and in, in uh, Iraq, and, and the fact is, we are. Uh, 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 basically, not in either one, either one of those. Let me ask you this: the the growth that we have had in the economy. Now, some people say there's a lot of folks that got left behind by that. Do you think it's? Do you think Barack Obama should deserve credit for that, or would that have happened anyways? And maybe have even been greater were it not for some Obama policies. I, 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 I think because of Barack Obama's policies, mm-hmm. I think we, he, he's had that success. The fact is he went and helped and build out the uh, auto companies. The auto companies paid the money back, uh, back, to the, back, back to the public. The fact is, is like I said, they're having uh, 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 a record, record sales and record sales. The fact is, yes, he deserves credit for that. You know, you know if any other president would have, would have brought the country back to this particular point, they, they, it have been raised reviews about what they've done, but we just don't want to give this president that particular credit. Vincent, what do you think is going to be viewed when when people look back? A lot of times with the presidency, there, there's one particular thing they they think about. What is going to be his legacy? Is it going to be Obamacare, or is it going to be something else? I, I think it'll be something else. I think I think Obamacare will never go. I think parts of Obamacare will never go away. Mm-hmm. So he will still get credit, regardless of, of, of how they try to strip it. Because the fact is, if you don't have anything that that is significant to help this to help 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 the help this country deal with this, its uh, medical cost, then I think Obama, parts of his uh, 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 the Affordable Act care will yeah. survive. Okay. But so, so I think he still will get credit for that. So, okay. But, uh, so Good I'm enough. No, thanks for going. No, I, I mean, I, I just I wrestle. I mean, obviously that's. At least short term. And see, this is one of the things that it's always difficult talking about presidencies after they've they've immediately ended, much less when they've still got eight days to run. The question becomes, you know, what what is going to be the signature thing? What is the thing that you're going to think back about and and remember them for? Right now, I think a lot of people would say Obamacare. I'm not sure whether we're necessarily going to say that five or ten years from now, because I, I agree with Vincent to an extent. I mean, I think there will, whether you call it the, uh, Obamacare or not, there will be elements and aspects of stuff that's happened that I just don't think. I think the genie's out of the bottle, and I don't think you can put it back in. But will, will Obamacare itself survive? Probably not. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not going to get credit for because there, whatever the legislation, for example, that comes out regarding this is going to be. I mean, you're going to have continuing coverage for things like you know you pre-existing illness, and there, there's going to be certain popular aspects that will be kept. 414-799-1620, what's this president's legacy going to be? Jake in Oak Creek. Jake, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Thanks Hi. for having me on your Thanks show. Thanks for calling. Uh, I think it's going to go down negatively. Uh, you just look at the domestic and foreign policies. On a foreign policy standpoint, we're dropping bombs in more countries than we ever have before. And We drop bombs in Libya. We drop bombs in Syria. We drop bombs in Iraq, Afghanistan. We're still in most of those countries. Right. And then you look at our relations with 
other foreign powers in terms of China and Russia, and are, I mean, even since the 2010 New Start, our relations with Russia have significantly deteriorated, and including in defending our own allies in Ukraine, which we def- uh, agreed to defend their sovereignty in 1994, and uh, Russia annexes parts of the Crimea and is, you know... Yeah. No, I think our position in the world has certainly gone down. I, I, I think by, by any sort of objective measure of that, I don't think there's any question about about that. Um, uh, and I think and that's something that we'll have to see how that plays out moving forward as to what that means. Yeah, and, well, if I was our allies like Taiwan and South Korea, I'd be worried that uh, the U.S. isn't going to stand by me in the event of something negative happening. Can you look at the domestic policy and we have more people on unemployment than we ever have, more people out of the workforce, Right. I mean, he didn't solve any problems that he wanted to solve. Uh, well, I, I, you, yeah, right? no, I mean, think, I mean, short term, at least, I mean, I, it, it, it's interesting. One of the things that, that I've always been intrigued by is the fact that while personally popular, Barack Obama has been a disaster, you know, for, for Democrats. I mean, you, you look and you, you see, you know, hundreds and hundreds of seats lost across the country. Um, you know, the Senate lost, the House of Representatives lost. You, you have, you know, Republicans who are in control of state legislatures to record numbers. It, it's whatever personal popularity Barack Obama had, he was never able to translate that into popularity for his policies and you know that's going to i think certainly be one of of the legacies that he might have been personally popular but you know no no success moving forward at least as far as i mean he's been barack obama has in many respects been the best thing imaginable for the republican party if barack obama was that popular hillary clinton would be taking the oath of uh, oath of office next week and she's not rob in northern illinois rob you're on 620 wtmj Hi, how are you this morning? Very well, thank you. What's the Obama legacy going to be? I I believe it is going to be noted that he he made race relations much worse than they were when he began his presidency. But he was going to be the first. By, this was this, we were going to have a post-racial United States. That's what we were promised. I understand we were promised it, but just look at look at relations now. You know. There are more adversarial relations between blacks and whites than every other nationality than when he began. We were pretty even. Now it's gotten to be a little bit of an us-against-them mentality. It's deteriorated back to the early 60s. Yeah, I think, I mean, thanks, Scott. I, I do think that there were opportunities that Barack Obama had to really try to move us as closer. And I understand some people say, well, because he was black, he was, he, you know, he, he was never accepted. And a lot of the objections were because he was black. I say, I don't, maybe there is some element of that. But the truth of the matter is, I think the reason most people objected to things he was doing wasn't because of his race, but was because they objected to the, the policies. And the people who would defend him, who didn't choose to be able to defend the policies on their merits, then started to play the race card. Yeah, I, I do think that this was not a this was not a, a post-racial presidency. There's no question about it. 1027, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ, History Will Judge. History will judge, and I think a lot. the The, the big questions are: What happens, you know, moving forward with things like Obamacare, and what about the state of the world? And I guess we're not going to be able to know that for five or ten years. But I, I think, from a foreign policy perspective, I, I clearly we are in a more dangerous world, at least I believe now, than we were eight years ago. 
Whether Donald Trump is the answer to that or not remains to be seen. 1027, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Thirty-four, Jeff Wagner, six twenty, WTMJ. This time next hour, it's Pop Culture Corner, one of our most popular features from the afternoon show that we do every morning, all, every Thursday morning at eleven thirty-five. Hey, you hear him every day, every game day, and his voice has become synonymous with Packers football for an entire generation of fans. But what was it that led him to Lambeau almost two decades ago? Wayne Larravee steps outside the broadcast booth to join Packers one-on-one with Greg Matzik, and you can hear it tonight at six oh seven. Sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, New Generation RV, and Sound Decisions of Racine. Now, I have not heard the interview. I've known Wayne since he came here. He was doing Bears games. I mean, seriously, if the choice was Bears games or the Packers games, that's that's an absolute and total no-brainer. But I think Wayne does just a great job, and I, I'm glad he's here. All right, I will try to use. Um, I will try to create images with word pictures here. Um, Capitol Hill. If you've ever, if you've ever been to Washington and you get a chance to, you know, visit the, the Senate and the, the House, do it. I mean, it's just that's why I always encourage people to, to go to D.C. because there's just so very much history. In another life, I used to, I used to be out there a lot, and I, I never got tired of going to the monuments and getting the opportunity. Every once in a while, I'd go over, I'd, I'd watch arguments in the Supreme Court. I've had a chance to tour the White House. I got one of the Secret Service tours of the White House. It's all, it's all very, very cool, and it's just there's just so much history that's out there. All right, there is a part of the Capitol where there is, there's all these, there's a number of paintings, there's student art. What they do is they have this contest across the country where um, young artists can contribute works of art, and they can win these area contests, and if they win these contests, then what happens is their, their artwork is displayed in a section of the Capitol for, for a year. So there's various contests. Um, one of the winners of one of these contests is a kid from Missouri who who does a painting, and the painting is, again, displayed in the Capitol along with all this other student art. It's been up there since June, and, and nobody until recently had noticed, had paid any attention to it. Well, the painting is done by a young man, like I say, from Missouri, and it was done, well, in the aftermath of the Ferguson riots, shooting, whatever. Uh, The painting shows a police officer taking aim at at a black man um, with a gun. Um, There's signs that say history and stop, kill. The background includes the Gateway Arch in St. Louis. It includes a young man looking out from behind prison bars. One of the figures also appears to show a protester as a wolf. I mean, I'm looking at at this. There's a white bird fighting with a, you know, black bird as well. But perhaps the most controversial aspect of this painting is the police officer that's pointing the gun at the young African-American is, um, well, he has an elongated face with tusks, much like a razorback pig. So let, let us be honest here, what's going on. The artist in this particular painting is portraying a police officer as a pig who is shooting an unarmed black man. That, that's, 
That's what the depiction is. So anyhow, this this has been hanging for a number of months, again, along with all this other student art at the Capitol. Well, what happens is that law enforcement groups, you know, notice this. Um, they say, hey, look, this is this is reprehensible. It's repugnant. It's repulsive that you would put something like this up there. Um, the rules of this particular contest that they have there do say that um, exhibits, and this would be an exhibit, depicting subjects of contemporary political controversy or a sensationalistic or gruesome nature are not allowed. So that's kind of the rules. Well, okay, law enforcement groups start complaining. And then what happens is you have one congressman who goes and he, he takes it down. And he takes the painting to the office of the congressman, who happens to be black, from whom this district came from. And he said, this is inappropriate. It doesn't belong. And so then the other congressman puts the thing back up. And now you have this ongoing you-know-whatting match going on where members of the Congressional Black Caucus will put the painting up. And then Republicans will take it down. And there's going back and forth, and you've got members of the Black Caucus who are saying that the Republicans should be charged and criminally cited for theft for taking the thing down. You've got the Republicans who are saying, this is, this is inappropriate. This does not belong there. This particular depiction just isn't in connection with the rules. And you know what? It's just inappropriate in the nation's capital to be hanging a, a painting that depicts police officers as pigs shooting unarmed people. The congressman who is pushing this says that it is pathetic that some Republicans and alt-right media types constantly refer to themselves as constitutional conservatives, but then would say, no free speech here. All right, let's open up the phone lines. Our numbers are 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Now, I always, in trying to analyze these things, I try to reverse situations. If you had if you had a painting of a bunch of people in white hoods, for example, who were glorifying the, the lynching of people, you know, obviously I think we would all, I hope, agree that that would be inappropriate and doesn't doesn't belong, art notwithstanding. All right, is this must do about nothing? Should this painting be allowed to hang there, or are the Republicans correct in saying, look, this is just inappropriate, this is offensive, it's not a matter of the First Amendment, it's just a matter of incredibly bad taste? Are they right to take it down, or, again, this painting, the kid won the context, should we just let it up? Who cares? 414-799-1620, That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. And so far, at least, I think this dispute um, shows no signs of letting up. It's 1042. We discuss in two and a half minutes. If you're on the line, please hold on. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Forty-four, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. We know the Packers are in Dallas this weekend, but don't worry. We'll bring the Lambeau Field tailgate to you. It's WTMJ's Run the Table tailgate, where we give away free food for your Packers cookout all throughout the playoffs. One lucky listener will even get their food delivered by Gene Miller before the game. Listen all day and all week for your chance to win. It's WTMJ's Run the Table tailgate, courtesy of Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market and Catering and sponsored by Transitions. All right, I... I I think you get the idea of of what the painting looks like. It's in the aftermath of Ferguson. It's done by a high schooler. It shows a a pig 
dressed, dressed as a police officer, pointing a, a gun at an unarmed black man, things like don't shoot, white birds fighting with black birds. Um, a number of Republicans think it's inappropriate to be displayed in the Capitol. They keep taking it down. Members of the Black Congressional Caucus keep putting it up. Who's right? Who's wrong? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Bob in Hartford. Bob, you're first. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? What do you think? I I feel it should be taken down because the fact is, well, how would they re, uh, react if you had a um, little old white lady laying on the ground with um, a black teenager running away with her purse? Um, there how would, would be react to that. Right there, there. I, I suspect that members of the Black Congressional Caucus would be up in arms, screaming that this is inappropriate, it is racist, it is sensational, and that painting, as you described, has no business on Capitol Hill. That would be my guess. That would be the, what their reaction exact, would be. The exact same scenario with this painting. Um, thanks for the call. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Cindy in Oak Creek. Cindy, good morning. Good morning. What do you think? Um, I'm what do I think? I think that the painting should be allowed to be seen by, by everyone. Mm-hmm. It was created by a child, a high school student, who has feelings and observations, and he's sharing them with the rest of the world. Some of the greatest art that we've ever had was controversial, mm-hmm. and it evokes thought and feelings, and that's what it's meant to do. And I think it should be allowed to be seen by everyone. Would you impose any sort of limitations? What about the example our last caller gave, um, somebody whose, let's say, grandmother was beaten by... I I think that should be seen, too, because it's sending a message for people to think. Maybe it'll evoke empathy, which is what we need more in Mm -hmm. this world, is kindness and empathy. So you would essentially put no, uh, and again, without without going into pornography, but you would put, when when it comes to depicting... uh, And again, I don't want to go into pornography or stuff like that, but I mean, when it comes to depicting controversial events that are viewed by different prisms, through different prisms by different people, um, you would you, you would say it's pretty much fair game, anything goes on Capitol Hill. Well, that's, I think you're, that's a little bit broad. I mean, I don't know what you mean by anything. Oh, okay, well, I mean, again, I but the example, is, if, if, it, if, if, this were, if this were paintings of, let, let's say it was a painting glorifying lynching. And you can figure out however that's doing. Well, it's glorifying. Lin- glorifying about it. I think if seeing a picture of it, I mean, Salvador Dali has had the, some of the mm-hmm. most outrageous uh, uh, creations, mm-hmm. and they evoke thought, right. feelings. I think, I, I think it should be allowed. I mean, it's someone's it, thought, someone's perception. Is there, yes. is there a no matter how any, shocking. Well, is, see, nobody, I guess, I don't, don't think anybody would argue, like well, and nobody would argue that the that the young man doesn't have the right to do the painting. I guess, is it, does that mean that it's appropriate to display it anywhere? I mean, it's 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 one thing if, you know, you want to hang a, it. In, in, our, in our country's capital, absolutely, because this is, this is a nation of many people with different views. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, All right. Okay. Th- thanks for call. I mean, I get. I I understand what you're saying, but again, I, I think, in some respects, with all due respect, it's naive to suggest that if this was, if this was again the, the painting, let's say it's a young man who um, whose grandmother was killed by a, a roving band of black teenagers. 
um, left for dead in the street, um, and, and he does a painting that's depicting this, I, I just, with all due respect, I have a feeling that the same members of the Black Congressional Caucus that would be arguing, hey, this is free speech, you know, um, to portray police as pigs, this is art, would be screaming, this is incredible, you know, racism, uh, we, we've got to take this down, this is divisive. And I'm not arguing, by the way, that the young man doesn't have the right to to do the display. I guess the question is, does that mean that just because he's done this particular painting and he's won this particular local contest, that that means that it has to be displayed, especially when, again, the rules are you are not supposed to depict subjects of contemporary political controversy um, or a sensationalistic or gruesome um, nature uh, or events. But, I mean, this is this is clearly a contemporary political controversy, it would seem to me. And I guess the reason, I would argue, the reason they have this rule is because you don't want to get into these, you, you don't want to get the members of the law enforcement groups who are deeply offended that they are being portrayed as pigs, whereas then you've got other members who are saying, oh, this is how the black community views these police officers. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. Katie in Burlington. Katie, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. I think you sort of stole some of my thunder. You know, I, I agree with the previous caller that art is provocative and co- controversial as to, and is to evoke different mindsets and views. But that's what you go to art galleries for, or that's what you collect art for, or that's what you read about in books, versus hanging in our state capitol, which is precisely why they probably put that rule in, in order to avoid that, because the state capitol reflects the mindset of the people who represent our country within it. Mm-hmm. And well, the boy has every right. I have to wonder, what high school looked at that and said, you know... <laughs> this is the winner. He went on his technical merit. I mean, was it a fine piece of artwork? Great. But that's, art does reflect a mindset, and that's really a mindset that is unbelievably disrespectful. Well, I and, mean... Right, and that's how... I mean, thanks for calling, Kate. And, that, and that's clearly how, like, the law enforcement groups do it. And again, I'm, I'm not... I'm going to get emails saying, oh, you're arguing for censorship, and what about the First Amendment? Well, no, I, I'm not... The First Amendment is where government says you can't do something. You can't have certain speech. Um, you, you can't produce a painting. I'm not arguing that the kid shouldn't be allowed to produce the painting. I guess I'm just wondering, Does are there no rules? Because candidly, this painting, and I mean, I, I, I've seen it, um, candidly, it seems to, I mean, clearly— I mean, it depicts subjects of a contemporary political controversy. And the causes of the Ferguson riots and what was going on, that, that is the definition of a current political controversy. Now, I understand at the same time that if, if that means that, you know, the only thing that's going to be allowed to be entered in this particular competition is going to be, you know, pictures of ships or, you know, bowls of fruit or something, it's going to get awfully boring. But, but th- this is this particular artwork clearly is gener- designed to generate this controversy and I, I think I, I think it is inappropriate for where it is located, I guess. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty eight hundred eight seven seven one six twenty. Uh David in Wabatosa. David, you're on six twenty WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? I am well, thank you. Does this painting belong in the US Capitol? Uh no, it does not. Just like if you remember back in 1992, over at UWM, there was an offensive poster put up by the uh, PLO student organization uh, that uh, depicted uh, something offensive to Jewish people. Right. It was torn down. 
And uh, now that it's been torn down, and I was the one that tore it down, if you walk into UWM's lobby now, you do not see any more offensive or political mm-hmm. posters. It's more like there's a book sale and this and that. So uh, sometimes you have to do things that are right. And uh, I'm glad I did that because it was very offensive. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, you wouldn't right. put... Yeah, that, that's a. I mean, thanks because that's a that's a great example. I mean, okay, let's say that there was something uh, again that was was anti-Semitic. Now, let me, let me let's change the facts a little bit. If the, if if a member of the Congressional Black Caucus decides that they want to take this painting and instead of putting it as part of the the public display, they want to hang it in their office. I I might have. I think I would have a, a different sort of sort of answer to that. If it's the office of the congressman, well, I mean, I, I think they, they probably, now maybe they'll be criticized for it, but I mean, I think if you put this in a private office, it's a different sort of situation as opposed to in a public gallery. And I like to think that if the situation were reversed, and if this, again, we'll use the example of, you know, four young black teenagers who've left a middle, an older white woman laying dead in the street running away, um, I, I would understand why people would be offended by that as well. And that's why you have this rule saying it's not supposed to depict a, depict a current political controversy. If the congressman wants to put it up in his office, I, I, I guess I think that's he probably has the right to do it. But it's not up in his office. Scott in Elm Grove. Scott, you're in 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. You know, I think that hopefully, at least for me, I think that it boils down to decency and doing, I mean, you made a great analogy in the beginning about the, you know, the, the white sheets and things. Right. The first thing that came to my mind is actually the Confederate flag. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't fly the Confederate flag, nor do I. I don't think it's a decent thing to do. Nor would I think. And more than likely, if some if some kid were to paint a Confederate flag and they were hanging that up, I can guarantee you the members of the Black Caucus would find extreme offense to yep. that. They would tear it down, or they would do something to it. And it's like, so at what point are you know? It, it, right. At what point are we not all deciding what's decent, not decent? I know it's subjective, but you know, and 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 the the previous caller talked about well, it's art and it provokes thought, and I, I understand that, but. You know, you can also say that about the Confederate flag. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, I love your example, Scott. No, you you got it. That that's it. What if some kid entered this contest from South Carolina, for example, and feels very very strongly about you know the, the Confederate flag being flown, and so they they've done a painting of, of that featuring the Confederate flag flying over the South Carolina Capitol, and they've won. You're you're exactly right. There would be the calls to take it down. I mean, thanks for which is why. Which is why I think they have this rule in place that says, all right, we, it, we're going to regulate content as far as what is displayed in this particular gallery because we want to stay away from current political controversies. I don't think the painting belongs in the gallery. I'm not saying the kids shouldn't have done it. It probably belongs, again, hang it up in the member's office and move on. 1056, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ.